sometimes dubbed subterranean serenaders, operatic basses dip as low as the human voice can go. What kinds of roles suit these extraordinary depths? Find out on today's episode of the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast. The Metropolitan Opera Guild is dedicated to enriching people's lives through an awareness and deeper appreciation of opera. Our podcast features lectures and events presented by the Guild in support of performances at the Metropolitan Opera. The Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast is funded in part by support from the Stuart J. Pierce Memorial Fund. To learn more, visit metguild.org. From opera buffa clowns to historical Russian royalty to Wagnerian gods, there is far more variety in the repertoire of operatic basses than you might imagine. I'm Stuart Holt, and today's episode features my co-host and guild lecturer, Naomi Baratera, in another installment of our Operatic Voice Type series. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Voice Types episode on Operatic Basses. Over several episodes, we have been slowly working our way down from the highest to the lowest voices in opera, and we have now arrived at the lowest of all human voices, our subterranean serenaders. As I have described in previous episodes, talking about operatic voice types is kind of like wine tasting. You can have different types of wines, like Chardonnay, Merlot, Rieslings, Rosés, But then within those larger types of wines, there are many different factors, like climate conditions, soil, geographical areas of vineyards, types of grapes, temperatures. All of these types of things contribute to a very subtle and unique flavor profile to any particular bottle or type of wine. The same idea applies to opera singing. We have large categories that help us define major differences or factors of different types of voices, And then within those larger categories, there are other elements that create numerous subcategories. And then within each subcategory, each individual voice that you come across really has its own set of strengths and unique characteristics that lend itself to a certain type of role. Each voice has these subtle notes that make it unique. And having this immense variety in operatic voices is very important because each operatic role makes different demands on a singer, and depending on the style that was in vogue at the time when the opera was composed, as well as very specific vocal sounds that the composer was after when he was crafting the role, there are many different kinds of singers that might be able to successfully bring a particular role to life. Added to this, over 400 years of opera now exists. We have a wonderful history of opera, and it comes from countries all over Europe, Russia, and North America. And so we need this wide spectrum of voices and singers to cast a performance with a roster that is best suited to the specific roles and demands of each work. In opera, the categorization of voice types is often referred to as the Fach system, and it was first created by the Germans as a way of classifying both singers and operatic roles according to the range of the voice, or tessitura, the weight of the voice, as well as the color, or timbre, of the voice, 
and the desired physical appearance of a singer or character is often taken into consideration, although it's not the only factor. The focus tends to be on aspects of the voice itself that are needed to bring the character to life. The Germans first developed the Fach system to primarily deal with roles and repertoire of the 18th and 19th century with a largely German and Italian focus. But it was quickly expanded to also include roles from the French, English, and Russian repertoire as the system became more popular. One of the most trusted sources in explaining and establishing the Fach system is the Handbuch der Oper by Rudolf Kleuber, and it was first published in the 1950s. It is still updated today, so new roles are being added, and it remains the definitive guide for discussions of Fach and voice categorization. But there have also been other writers and scholars that have added to all the available resources for us when discussing and researching voice types, such as The Opera Singer's Career Guide, Understanding the European Fach System by Pearl Yadin McGuinness, And then when specifically looking for information about lower male voices, there is a great book called Securing Baritone, Bass Baritone, and Bass Voices by Richard Miller that provides a wealth of insight into the lower male voice types. All three of these resources provided invaluable information in my own research for this particular episode, so I can't recommend them highly enough. At first glance, the operatic bass voice tends to be stereotyped or pigeonholed into characters that are old, wise, have maybe one aria to sing in a very stoic, park-and-bark manner, and giving us a few grumbly low notes. But there is so much more to this voice category than that. And as we begin digging into all the different types of bass characters and voices that we encounter in opera, there are three important things that we have to remember. First, because the Fox system has been translated into other languages and adapted to encompass a wide array of repertoire, sometimes there is more than one name for the same category, or subcategories tend to get lumped together, and so I will cover both the English and German or Italian versions of the terminology that we encounter and try to highlight when there's debate or disagreement about how certain voices should be categorized and also when some categories tend to get lumped together into one larger unit. Second, remember that singers are often capable of singing roles in more than one category at any given point in their career, and oftentimes they evolve over the course of their career, maturing into certain categories and certain roles as they age. And thirdly, operatic roles can often be effectively portrayed by more than one type of voice. In fact, maybe two very different types of voices can portray the same role, and as a result, some roles are considered to belong to more than one Fach or can be found in more than one category at once. And of course, there's always going to be people that argue over which category it best fits in. All in all, voice types in general give us a set of guidelines to help understand all the possibilities and factors involved in successfully casting an opera singer in a role that is a good fit for their voice. But these are not hard and fast rules that were never meant to be broken, at least not in today's operatic landscape. So we're going to begin looking at all the different types of bass voices we find, proceeding as I usually do by starting with the lightest voices and then moving into the heavier voices, making our way down the spectrum. 
So we're going to start by looking at the beginner bass, which is also known in German as the Anfangerbass. This is a voice category that is actually not listed in Kloiber's Handbuch der Oper, and it is not a category that you will often come across in English reviews or journalistic writing about opera. But it is commonly used today in European opera houses to indicate young bass singers that have a voice that is not quite developed or strong enough yet to sing a full-length bass role or a leading bass role, but they could successfully sing smaller secondary roles, and they have the potential to evolve into some of the heavier bass categories as the voice matures. In North American opera houses, beginner bass roles tend to be where new singers are introduced into a company if they are not yet international stars or don't have a lot of larger role experience under their belts. A beginner bass voice might perform several different small solo roles within one given opera, or several small roles spread across several different operas within a week or within a whole season, so think of it as an entry-level bass voice, the first stepping stone in building a career as a professional bass opera singer. The role of Benoit and Elcindoro in Puccini's La Boheme are two of the more well-known examples from this category, but other roles include Billy Jackrabbit in Puccini's La Fanchula del West and Brulman in Massenet's Werther, as well as several small bass roles in the Russian operatic repertoire. You probably don't know the names of many small beginner bass roles because usually they only really sing one or two solo lines within a given opera and they sing in the chorus the rest of the time. So that's why they're not our leading men, they're not the wise fathers, they're not the villains, but it is an important part in building your experience on stage and so it's a, a category that many basses start in and work their way up from here. For our example, we're going to hear Christopher Job in an excerpt from the Verdi Requiem so you can really get a sense of his voice beyond a small individual solo line or phrase. To give you some background, he made his Met debut in 2013, singing numerous small roles in The Nose, and he also sang Brulman in Verter in 2014. He was a servant in the HD broadcast of Verdi's Macbeth in 2014. He was also a small role in the HD broadcast of Donizetti's Roberto Devereux in 2016, and he was cast as a waiter in Der Rosenkavalier this past season. Coming up this season, he is singing in Tosca, so he is without a doubt a strong singer who has a lot of smaller beginner bass roles at the Met under his belt and has also sung a variety of larger bass baritone roles at other opera companies. Oh. 
category is the lyric bass, sometimes called the basso cantate, literally meaning singing bass, or sometimes it's referred to as high lyric bass or lyric bass baritone, so many terms that can be used. And this category seems to be a kind of catch-all for any bass subcategory or role that requires strength in the higher pitches and a lot of smooth legato connectedness in the higher tessitura of the voice. But really the defining factor is that flexible, smooth, connected sound with strong notes in the top end, and often you find singers with a tighter, faster vibrato than we find with some of the more dramatic heavy basses. Sometimes the term lyric bass is conflated with other categories like the buffo bass or the basso cantabile, and some of the roles listed in the high lyric bass territory are also cross-listed as bass baritone roles, such as Figaro in the Nozze di Figaro and Mephistofel in Gounod's Faust. Some other roles that are commonly considered as part of this category, even if they're cross-listed elsewhere, are Don Pizarro in Beethoven's Fidelio, Don Alfonso in Così fan tutte by Mozart, Boris in Boris Gudenov by Modest Mazorgsky. The title role of Don Giovanni, even though this is cross-listed as a baritone role, King Philip II in Verdi's Don Carlo, Ferrando in Il Trovatore, also by Verdi and also cross-listed as a bass baritone role, Daland in Der Fliegende Holländer by Wagner, and Duke Bluebeard in Bluebeard's Castle by Bella Bartok. For our example, we are going to listen to three short clips so you can get a sense of the sound of this voice type in three different types of repertoire and be introduced to three absolutely legendary basses. First, we're going to listen to an excerpt from Verdi's Don Carlo. This is the role of King Philip, and this is sung by the Bulgarian bass Nikolai Gierov. He was known for having beautiful connection and a very astute and developed musicality, very lyrical, but also incredibly powerful. He was very well loved at the Met, but he also sang all over the world. And so for this, this is considered one of his amazing quintessential roles. He was one of the best King Phillips of his time. He was born in 1929 and passed away in 2004.
The next singer we're going to listen to is Yevgeny Nestrenko, singing the title role of Mussorgsky's Boris Godunov. And Nestorenko is still alive today. He is teaching a lot these days. He judges competitions. But he is one of the most beloved Russian basses of the last century. He is incredibly popular in Russia, and he sang a wide variety of different bass roles. He had a pretty heavy bass voice, but he could sing with a lot of flexibility, with a lot of acting and musicality and characterization. And his portrayal of Boris really is one of his most popular roles. So here he is singing from Boris Godunov. <laughs> example of a lyric bass is another incredibly legendary singer, Cesare Sieppi, born in 1923, passed away in 2010, and here we're going to hear him singing Don Giovanni. And the reason I picked this one is because this is a role that is often sung by baritones, but Sieppi was incredibly famous for his interpretation. He had a really dark timbre, he had a huge range, he sang a lot of different types of repertoire, but the role of Don Giovanni was really his calling card for a really long time and one of his most popular roles. And so here he is bringing to life Mozart's most famous bad boy. <laughs> Our next 
category is the Bufo bass, and in German this is often referred to as the Spielbass or Bass Bufo, or sometimes in English we call this the acting bass. This is a bass voice that is smaller and more flexible with excellent acting and characterization nuances. So it's really important that this voice be very flexible. The voice can't be too heavy. It usually has a lighter feel and it feels a little bit smaller. The types of roles that the bufo bass plays are comic roles. And so the bass needs to have the ability to sing in patter, which means very, very quickly, as many syllables as you can cram into a phrase. And it can be really hard to do that, to move that quickly, if the voice is too big, too heavy, too round. So you have this lightness and flexibility that is the key to this particular category. Many bass singers start as bufo basses, and then as their voice matures, they grow into some of the heavier categories and heavier roles. Some of the quintessential bufo bass roles include Leporello from Mozart's Don Giovanni, Figaro in Mozart's La Nozze di Figaro, and again, this is a role that's cross-listed quite frequently with other categories, Pasquale from Donizetti's Don Pasquale, Don Magnifico from Rossini's La Cenerentola, and Dolcamara from Donizetti's L'Elezir d'Amore. For our example, we're going to listen to one of my personal favorite basses singing today, and that is Luca Pizzaroni, and we're going to hear the quintessential example aria for this particular category, the catalog aria from Don Giovanni, and this is the role of Leporello. Oh, 
Next, we're going to move into a heavier category and look at the dramatic bass. And this category is equivalent to or also known as a heavy bass or a dramatic buffo bass, or in German, sometimes they say schwerer Spielbass. This is a very large voice with an extended range and usually an imposing, commanding physical presence and also with good acting ability. The dramatic bass has a heavier sound than our buffo bass, but is lighter than some of the other categories we're going to get to, like a basso cantabile. There are many roles in this particular category, and therefore there is a wide range of ability that a singer needs or can tap into when singing these types of roles. Usually a dramatic bass has a darker color, a heavier voice, but still a flexibility and good characterization that sort of straddles or lies in between the light buffo and the heavier basso cantabile. So some of the repertoire that this singer would sing includes roles like Scarpia from Puccini's Tosca, Kaspar in Der Freischütz, Igor from Borodin's Prince Igor, Mephisto Fell from Gounod's Faust, Hans Sachs from Wagner's Der Meistersinger, M. Fortas from Wagner's Parsifal, Don Basilio from Rossini's Il Barbieri di Sibiglia, Banco in Verdi's Macbeth, Alidoro in Rossini's La Cenerentola, Rocco from Beethoven's Fidelio, Baron Ox in Strauss's Der Rosenkavalier, and again Daland in Wagner's Der Fliegende Holländer, which we already touched on as cross-listed in the lyric bass category. We are going to listen to two examples and two different singers to bring this category to life. First, we're going to hear the role of Mephistofel from Faust. This is a role that is argued about often, about which category it best belongs in, and we also have many examples we could have chosen from featuring singers of many different size voices and types of basses that have successfully brought this role to life. Today we're going to listen to a great bass of our time who has really had great success in this role. This is German bass René Pape. Il contemporage étrange à ses pieds les hommes humains, c'est rien les faire en main, dans le sang et dans la frange, pour briller la dame étale, As a contrasting example, we're going to listen to the role of Baron Ox from Strauss's Der Rosenkavalier, and we're going to listen to a singer who just made a great splash singing this role at the Met last season. This is Austrian bass Günther Groisböck. Thank you. 
Next, we come to one of the most complicated or specialized categories in the whole spectrum of bass voices. I would say the most complicated to understand simply because it straddles so many things, and that is the bass baritone voice. This category is also known as the character bass or the bass baritone or the hoher bass, meaning high bass, all German terms for it. But really, this indicates a bass voice that occupies a sort of middle ground, straddling the pitch range of a bass and a baritone. It is a very lyrical voice, but it can reach up into the high register of basses or in the lower end of baritones, and it can really bring that kind of dark, resonant color of a true bass into that high range. And so it can sing the baritone range, but with a darker color and much more intensity. Usually a bass baritone voice is not as big of a sound or a voice. It's not quite as resonant, nor is it as grumbly as some of the other categories that we're going to hear. It's not the kind of voice that makes you feel like your whole body is vibrating with the intensity of the sound, but it is a voice that, because it has this ability to reach up really high with incredible power, it can bring to life a certain category of roles that are really quite special and really exciting. So some of the roles that are the best-known bass baritone roles are Escamillo from Carmen by Bizet, Igor in Prince Igor by Alexander Borodin, Porgy in Porgy and Bess by Gershwin, The Four Villains in the Quanta Offman by Jacques Offenbach, Scarpia in Tosca, and again, this is a role that is cross-listed with both the dramatic bass territory and standard baritones, a collection of Wagnerian roles that are also cross-listed as others, but very successful for the bass baritone, including Hans Sachs in Meisterzinger, Wotan in The Ring Cycle, and M. Fortas in Parsifal. Also, going a little bit more contemporary or 20th century, we have Nick Shadow from Stravinsky's The Rake's Progress that falls into this category, and most recently, The Protector in Walter Benjamin's Written on Skin. To really hear what this type of voice can do, we're going to look again at three different examples, highlighting three of the kind of quintessential roles you find in this category. And our first is bass baritone Ildar Abrazakov. This is a singer who has sung a lot of very comic roles, Figaro in La Nozze di Figaro, Mustafa in Italian Girl. He has also sung some more dramatic bass roles as well, like Mephisto Fell and Faust. And he has sung the title role 
in Boito's Mephisto Fell, which is not done that often, but he does a great job. I think there's a clip on YouTube. I highly recommend it. And the title role of Verdi's Attila, and he is always a knockout in the bass baritone favorite type roles like Escamillo in Carmen. For our example, we're going to listen to him singing the title role in Borodin's Prince Igor. <laughs> Our second bass baritone example features singer Ruggero Raimondi, and he is singing the role of Scarpia from Puccini's Tosca. And remember that this is a role that can be sung by many different types of bass voice categories or types, but it is certainly known as a calling card of the bass baritone category. Respiri una carrozza, presto seguila dovunque vada, non visto provvedi. Sta bene il convegno, palazzo farnese. Yeah. 
example, we're going to listen to an excerpt from Bizet's Carmen. This is the role of Escamillo, another absolutely famous and popular bass baritone role. And in this role, we're going to listen to, once again, Nikolai Gierov, because he really made a mark singing this role. And you can really hear the kind of legato connection that he brings to this, as well as the power and darkness of the bass voice. baritone category, just a few more roles to mention that are considered some of the heavier bass baritone roles or more dramatic ones, roles like John the Baptist or Johannahan in Strauss's Zalame, Klingsor in Parsifal by Wagner, Kaspar from Der Freischutz by Karl Maria von Weber. Again, this is cross-listed as a buffo role, so another example of more than one type of voice being able to successfully sing it. Fiasco in Simon Bocanegra, and Votan from The Ring Cycle by Wagner. So here we're going to listen to James Morris singing a little bit of Votan, just so you can hear that slightly more dramatic take on the bass baritone category.
We move now into some of the fuller, darker bass territory, looking at the basso cantabile voice type. This is also known sometimes as the lyric bass, so this is where it can get a little bit tricky. That term can be used multiple ways. In German, sometimes this is known as the serieuser bass, serious bass, or the schwarzer bass, and this is a category where the voice can sustain higher notes, but it's very, very lyrical with a dark color. And so you have both that ability to sustain high notes, but this dark, resonant, lower range. And so a dark color to the voice is really a big part of this category and strong, low notes. Oftentimes, people describe basso cantabile roles as requiring the most mature voices in the bass category. And always a beautiful timbre where there's that kind of low resonance and a lot of connection from note to note in the bottom range. So because this particular category has a lot of lower lying notes and requires a lot of strength and power and beauty in the lower end, it doesn't really need to have a lot of flexibility. What it really needs is resonance. So basso cantabile roles are not really moving through florid passages really quickly like a buffo bass. They are really focusing on these low, long, powerful, resonant sounds. And so the characters that you find in this Fach are usually more noble, divine, or hold some kind of wisdom or power, patriarchal type figures that have a kind of stoic presence on stage. Some of the classic basso cantabile roles include Zarastro in Mozart's The Magic Flute, Ramphis in Verdi's Aida, Prince Gremin from Eugene Onegin by Tchaikovsky, and Fossilt and Fafner in Wagner's Ring Cycle. For our example, we're going to hear Kurt Moll singing Zorastro. This is an excerpt from the Magic Flute, or Die Zauberflöte, and this is one of his famous arias where he really has to dip down low, and you get that kind of low, resonant, round, dark sound. Oh, 
The last bass category we're going to talk about is the basso profondo, and this is a category that many people lump together with the basso cantabile, and so sometimes they're considered as all one big category, but other people would argue that a basso profondo is really a very special type of voice, and what separates them from a basso cantabile is that they really specialize in the absolute lowest notes that the human voice can actually reach. And so they have not only the ability to hit the notes, but giving you a really thick, dark, resonant sound in those lowest pitches. And so these are really the deepest voices that we come across in opera. And while training the voice can expand it into this lower range, you're really not going to become a true basso profundo if you're not born with the DNA of those super thick vocal cords in order to reach it. It's really a physiological thing, and this is a good thing to dwell on just for a moment since we've talked a lot about basses. In singing generally, the thickness of the vocal cord plays a huge role in determining what pitches your natural voice that you were born with can actually reach. Of course, you can train the voice like you can train a muscle to do certain things, but there's only so far that you can stretch a cord or so much training that you can do to push it into a territory that it doesn't naturally want to go. And so think about if you've ever seen a string on a double bass you can't stretch a violin string onto a double bass instrument. It just doesn't work. The strings of a violin are too thin. And so there's only so much that you can do in order to stretch your range. With basses, it is really the thickness of the vocal cord that plays a big role in just how low they can hit. Not only does this voice need to be able to hit the lowest of the low pitches, but it also needs to have a warm kind of quality to it, the kind of sound that just envelops you as you listen to it and makes your whole body sort of vibrate in the sound. 
Some of the roles that we find in this category are Rocco from Fidelio by Beethoven, Osmin from Die Entführung aus dem Soral by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Zorastro, who we just heard as our example as a basso cantabile, but is often also sung by the basso profondo, and Baron Ox from Der Rosenkavalier by Strauss, which we also heard earlier in the episode in another category, is another role that is often sung by basso profondos. So for our example, we're going to hear one of the lowest roles in the operatic repertoire, Osmin from Abduction from the Seraglio, or Die Entführung aus dem Seral by Mozart. And the interesting thing about this role is that this is like a mixture of super low notes that are called for, but also comic qualities in the role itself. So sometimes you have buffo basses who can actually hit the low notes sing this role, but many people would argue that a basso profondo or a basso cantabile are the best fit for this role simply because you need to be able to have the resonance in those low pitches. In the example you're about to hear, you will hear the lowest notated pitch in all of the operatic repertoire. And so the person we're going to listen to is Kurt Rudel, who was known as the Mega Bass, that was his nickname, because he sang over 80 roles across many different repertoires, German, Italian, French, Russian, Czech, and he also sang a lot of concert repertoire as well. And he is known for his portrayal of Osmin because he was able to hit those low notes and also move quickly through some of the more florid, buffo-like passages in this particular role. He sang Zorastro in The Magic Flute, he sang Klagart and Billy Budd, he did Fossolt and Fafner from The Ring Cycle, he did parts from Parsifal, he sang Sparrow Fucile and Rigoletto, so really, he really did everything that a bass could really do. He was a master of his craft. So this is Kurt Rudel singing Osmin's aria with the lowest notated note in opera. Oh, ich will dich triumphieren, wenn sie euch zum Rechtplatzieren. Und die Hälfte schnüren so, schnüren so. Und die Hälfte schnüren so, schnüren so. Schleicht nur säuberlich und heise, ihr verdammten Harmsweise. Unser Ohr entdeckt euch schon, und die ihr uns kann ich springen. Seht ihr euch in unseren Schlingen, und der Hasche verloren. Then on 
Oh, ich will nicht triumphieren, wenn sie euch zum Richter führen und dich hält sie schnüren zu, schnüren zu, schnüren zu, schnüren, schnüren, schnüren zu, schnüren, 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 schnüren zu. To sum up our episode on basses, now that we've covered all the major bass voice categories, I wanted to leave you with the sound of a singer in your ear who really you cannot do an episode on basses without mentioning, and that is the famous Ezio Pinza. Pinza was legendary. He still is legendary, and he had an incredible voice. It was incredibly resonant. It was beautiful. He was good-looking. He was charismatic. He was stunning to watch on stage, and he really was an audience favorite here in New York City, especially at the Met. Pinza had a wide array of roles to his name. He sang a lot of Mozart, he sang a lot of Verdi, he sang some French, and he also successfully made the transition to Broadway, and so he became very popular in both opera and Broadway genres. And so to end our episode today, we're going to play out to Ezio Pinza singing Some Enchanted Evening from South Pacific. Some enchanted evening, someone made me laughing. You may hear her laughing, a close, a crowded room. And night after night, as strange as it seems, the sound of laughter. Explain it, who can tell you why? Fools give you reasons, wise men never try. Some enchanted evening, when you find her That was Metropolitan Opera Guild lecturer Naomi Baratera talking about operatic basses. We are thrilled to announce the Guild's new season of lectures and community engagement events. Lectures, courses, singer interviews, backstage tours. There really is something for everyone. Programs begin in just a few days with a series of pre-screening lectures for the Met's free Summer Live in HD Festival. If you enjoy our podcasts, try out our live events here at Lincoln Center in New York City. Check out metguild.org for more info. I'm Stuart Holt, and thank you for listening.